FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos, and welcome back, I guess, to myself. Jordan, the intern, not so much. We may or may not hear from him today. Apologies, yesterday, short notice, a stomach bug took the both of us out. And, um, yeah, that was not fun. Much better today. Whole family stayed home yesterday. They were awesome today. And, of course, the day it hits, so much news. Doesn't mean we don't have a ton to talk about today. Because the NBA trade deadlines, 2 p.m. Central. Another trade happened already today uh, between the Bucks and Pistons just took place. Disaster. Disaster. It's the way to describe New York and L.A. Huh? About that. Two large markets where the national media absolutely wants your Pels players, everybody's players to go. And they're literally disasters. I'll get into that today as well. We got a lot to get into. Got a fun list lined up for you as well. Larry Holder, 1215 from The Athletic. Black Wednesday, apparently, over on Airline Drive. I want to hear from you, Saints fans. So what do you think about the reports out there of the coaching changes and staff moves from Dennis Allen? Got all that cut up from his presser as well. We'll um, hear what he had to say specifically on certain topics that he was asked back on Tuesday. And also, we do have fresh C.J. McCollum sound. He is playing today. He is playing for the Pelicans. And you know what? Why make you wait any longer? Here he is just about an hour ago. excited, man. I'm, I'm thankful. Um, I feel fortunate to have been in the league this long. and I played with one organization this long. But looking forward to a new chapter, looking forward to a new challenge, and looking forward to playing with some of these young guys. And, and Big Fella, I had a lot of battles against Big Fella in the middle you know, when he was in Memphis. So I'm um, really looking forward to it. Uh, I haven't met a lot of the staff, a lot of the players. Great group of guys. Uh, I'm ready to get after it. So I shoot around this morning. You saw photos of him going into the locker room, seeing his jerseys. He will wear number three. Same number Josh Hart and Chris Paul wore here with the Hornets and Pelicans. So we'll discuss that as well coming up at 1.30 with Will Guillory, who was there. The excitement level going in there. And, of course, that will be 30 minutes until the end of the NBA trade deadline. And there is so much um, speculation at the Nets and Sixers are trying to trade Harden and Simmons to the other opposite team. Harden wants to be traded but doesn't want to publicly say it since, you know, last year he said he didn't want to be with that team. As I mentioned, disasters in New York and uh, and L.A. It, it's I might even play some of the post game that I saw yesterday after the Lakers lost to the Blazers. 107-105. James Worthy, not kind. You just leave it at that. Hey, Anthony Davis, zero shots in the fourth quarter. How about that? That's, that's, <laughs> anyway, I'm not, you know what? Today's about the Pelicans. So we're going to have fun. Um, Ty Graffanini is going to join us at 2.30 as well. Obviously, he's seen CJ McCollum this year play without Damian Lillard and a lot of the other situations with the new head coach as well. What stands about him and how he thinks he will fit in with this offense. Lee Sterling, his thoughts. Paramount Sports 
on the Super Bowl, which is Sunday. Ralph Marlboro wants to give his take as well as to all the news coming out of Saints camp, which we'll get into in a quick second. As I mentioned, Will Guillory, 130. We may or may not hear from Jordan. He's he's battling it um, a, a little worse than I am, apparently. So we may hear from him or not. And Coach G at 1245, quick soccer take as we normally do on Wednesdays, but obviously we didn't have a show yesterday. Uh, as far as the Saints news go, maybe this is the best way to sort of recap it and sort of do it. And Dennis Allen, back on Tuesday, talked about how when he looks at his staff, he may see some change, and he may see not so much change. This was Tuesday when he was asked about continuity. Remember, we talked about how it would make, quote-unquote, sense to kind of have him uh, keep the culture, kind of sort of have the things in place already, and then you just elevate him, and, you know, Carmichael be elevated, and Chris Richard would be elevated. That's kind of what we thought, right, in the two weeks that we waited from head coach Sean Payton. Well, listen to what he said. I do think that we have a lot of great pieces in place. Um, I think that's one of the unique things about uh, this job. Uh, I believe Mickey may have said this before, but this was not a broken job. Um, this is this is a this is a job that is a desirable job. This is a job that has um, a foundation and a culture uh, of winning that's already been built. And so, my job, as I see it, is man. I want to try to build on that. Um, I want to try to tr- try to continue this winning tradition. Um, and, and I don't see this as something where the, where we need to have a ton of change. Well, that, that was Tuesday. Wednesday, the report started coming out. Nick Underhill, New Orleans dot football, among others, um, kind of detailing some of the moves. Apparently, Nick reported that receivers coach Curtis Johnson and a couple others were informed that they would not be retained. Strength and conditioning coach Dan Darrell Offensive line coach Brandon uh, Brendan Nugent. Offensive analyst Jim Chaney and wide receiver coach Curtis Johnson. Thanks for the memories. Doug Marone, Johnny Morton reportedly coming in. Doug Marone was the offensive coordinator back in the day in the early seasons with head coach Sean Payton two years before the Super Bowl. Also the offensive line coach. Now, that was early in the afternoon. Nobody really knew what he would do. By the end of the night, Nick reported that the the plans for him to be the offensive line coach. Johnny Morton, who is he? That name should sound familiar. The two years that Curtis Johnson was the head coach for the Tulane Green Wave, Johnny Morton was the receivers coach for the Saints. He's coming back. You would assume to be the receivers coach, perhaps. I don't know. Um, Nick and others saying, hey, it's still to be determined who the offensive coordinator is and why receivers coach. Johnny Morton could be coming in for something else. But, again, he was the receivers coach here before. Also, uh, Sam Weiss of the NFL Network reporting that Aubrey Pleasant, or Plazant, interviewed for the defensive coordinator job. He also interviewed for the defensive coordinator job for the Vikings earlier this week. Who is Aubrey? Well, he was the secondary coach, passing game coordinator for the Detroit Lions this past season. There's a video circulating of him out there right now, kind of giving it to somebody, uh, showing him some tough love, coaching coaching him up, if you'd like to look at it from that direction. So, definitely some change. 
It's not the immediate elevation on the defensive side that we thought maybe for Ryan Nielsen, who remember, in order to keep him from going to LSU last year, the Saints had to bump up the pay. Sean Payne had to give him associate head coach title. I don't know if that's going to be the case now. Chris Richard was a DC in Seattle. We kind of thought, hey, elevate him, bump that. Interviewing some other people there as well. There's no other way to look at it other than change on the offensive end. And that was probably one of the things that a lot of calls that we had over the last couple of days focused on. That maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to have like a guy like Eric Bieniemy or something like that give that sort of change. Different set of eyes. Again, it's not going to be the Sean Payton offense. Why? Primarily, it's not Drew Brees. You can do a certain amount of things and kind of have a certain kind of offense when you have Drew Brees. Don't know that yet. Don't know who your quarterback is. So you look at the changes, and look, it's the two areas on the team last year that were severely disappointing. Severely. And I understand you can tell me there's injuries. I get it. But, like, when I saw those moves yesterday, the first thing that popped in my head is, well, that kind of tells you what the defensive coordinator thought about the offense last year. Guys, can you give me a first down a bit, huh? I mean, seriously, we talked about it. It, it, The the Saints' defensive identity became the defense. The Saints' identity became the defense. Why? Because without them, they wouldn't be in games. The Saints struggled to get first downs. Ralph Marlboro, who's going to join us later today, came up with a a drinking game, right? Take shots for, for field goals. Like, we're celebrating field goals. That offensive line was an issue. And yesterday, part of the fun, I guess, from some Saints fans was uh, showing the lowlights, not highlights, of Cesar Ruiz. He doesn't seem to be a very popular offensive lineman. May I would dare say, kind of taking over the uh, the Matador, perhaps? I don't know. Either way, with the prospect, and I don't know, when I say prospect, or the po- I would say possibility, because prospect sort of makes it seem like it's for sure. So let's say the possibility perhaps moving on from Teron Armstead. Moving Ryan Ramchek to left tackle. Um, who do you move to right tackle? Do you draft somebody? What Do you make moves at left guard and right guard? I, with the prospects of a reworked offensive line, it makes sense to bring in Doug Moreau. John Stinchcomb tweeted, or there was a quote yesterday I saw on Twitter saying it was the most demanding and best line coach to add. And remember, when we had John on to talk about Sean Payton's tenure, we talked specifically about that offensive line. When you look back at that offensive line, there was a reason that offense looked incredible. They want anybody anywhere around Drew. The screen game was spectacular. They ran the football. You know what we didn't see a lot last year? Screen game. Run game. Line just wasn't good. Now again, I understand Health was a substantial factor. You didn't have many games with Ramchek and Armstead, and even when he did play, he was in and out. Your center was lost in the opening drive of the season. Right guard play. I understand all of that. You know what? I see. I, I understand this change. Curtis Johnson, that hit some fans. Very good coach. Respect the coach. When he came back, you saw the difference. I thought from when he wasn't here. That's my opinion. That said, it was a very underwhelming position group last year. 
That said, how much of that was personnel? Right? But again, new coach, maybe his thoughts, fresh eyes. Because again, you're looking at, no doubt, adding in another receiver. No doubt, adding in perhaps some other talent. And maybe that's the approach he feels comfortable in. Here's what he had to say on Tuesday about doing certain things that worked on airline drive and at the same time doing things his way. I think you learn from the experience of watching Sean. But at the end of the day, one thing I do know, okay, is that when you get put in a position like this, you have to do it your way and you have to be yourself. And so, um, look, I'm going to come to work every day and I'm going to be me and I'm going to put my own little spin on it. Um, But yet... Man, there's a lot of things that we've done really, really well here, and I want to be able to continue those things, and I just want to be able to put my little spin on it. And again, there was a lot of things that worked there, and there were some things that probably maybe maybe, maybe it is time to get a, a different approach and a different look, right? And obviously, Dennis Allen touched on Tuesday that undoubtedly situations – Game management, personnel decisions, especially this year, year one, he's going to be compared to Sean Payton. Yeah, I think I think I'm at peace with that. Look, I understand what the expectations are here, um, but those are the expectations in our league, and and uh, I look at it as what a great example to follow. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Finally, before we take our first break and bring in Larry Holder to get his thoughts on the changes and possible more coming, he had this to say to you, who that? The city of New Orleans is one of the more passionate and energetic cities in all of the world. I love this fan base. Um, I want our team to mirror this fan base. I want our team to have the same passion and energy that, I, that this fan base has. Um, I can tell you this, our team is going to be tough, our team is going to be smart, and our team is going to be highly competitive. And we're going to play with a passion and an energy that our opponents are either unwilling or unable to match. And that's what the New Orleans Saints are going to be about. Um, Again, I'm excited about this opportunity. Um, I understand that there's a lot of work to be done. I know that we have a great foundation in place, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm looking forward to building on the winning tradition uh, of the New Orleans Saints. There you go. Hey, uh, just a couple days until the big game, and I'm hoping that you've downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app by now. Have you seen the commercials on TV as well? They're the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. And since it is officially live here in Louisiana, mobile sports betting is just in time for the big game. A couple of deals for you. If you download the DraftKings app, new customer, I'm going to offer you this. Bet just $5 or more on any playoff game and win 280 in free bets if the team you choose is victorious. Also, you got to try the same game parlays. Apparently everybody that's doing this loves this. So it's real simple. You combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout, passing yards, touchdowns, whatever. Uh, the more legs you add, the more money you can win. Of course, DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Also, you want to use this code, LaRose. 56 to 1 odds on any team 
Bet just $5 or more and win 280 in free bets with your team when you use that code LaRue. So go do it now. When we come back out of this break, it is time to talk to Larry Holder of The Athletic on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. is here at Greg LeBlanc Toyota, and we're celebrating. Check out the fresh new inventory arriving daily, plus great deals now at Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa. Check out the all-new, redesigned 2022 Toyota Tundra. Greg LeBlanc Toyota has given top dollar for your trade. We want your trade-in. Or check the inventory online Online at GregLeBlancToyota.com. These super savings won't last long. Greg's got the deals. South Hollywood Road, Homa. Shop now. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Gavaloom, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavaloom. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets bakes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. That man's got some stones. Believe me, he is no worse. His legend lives on. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I think this team's really close. And and we've won more games in the National Football League in the regular season than, what is it, 30 other, 30 other teams, you know, so. There it is. Dennis Allen back on Tuesday. Since then, he's made some changes and some moves to help us break it down. Mr. Larry Holder of The Athletic joins us. Larry, how are you today? I'm good, Goose. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I made it through an entire break, and I didn't have to go down the hall, if you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> stomach wow, bugs, that's dude. Great, that's yeah. great info that your it listeners is. Well, definitely need to know. You, you asked me how I was doing, and I, I made it through an entire segment. Um, Before I get to you, breaking news, Woj saying Ben Simmons was is traded for James Harden. So, a flurry of moves going on. We'll break that down, Will Guillory. Uh, Larry from the Athletic coming up at 1.30. We saw CJ McCollum. There's a lot of excitement in the NBA and on one side of the parking lot with where the Pels are going to with Willie Green and the culture being built there. What was your impressions of Dennis Allen? I think you asked the first question and you actually asked a couple of questions about quarterback and culture and the changes. What did you gather from his presser? Well, it's funny when you have the press conference for a new head coach. You typically don't know the guy, 
And for me, I've known the new Saints head coach since 2006. So it's a little different uh, because, like, I know Dennis Allen's mentality. I know where, you know, you know what, what, uh, how he's going to approach things. And so it, it's a little different in that sense. But in terms of, uh, look, him, I think he's grown from where he's been as a head coach the first time. And, I mean, you could just look back on that. And even, uh, it's funny, uh, my, my colleague at The Athletic, uh, Tim Kawakami, he was a columnist uh, for the San Jose Mercury News and other uh, newspapers in the Bay Area during Dennis Allen's time. And so I went and looked back to see how he gauged Dennis Allen's tenure once he was fired. Mm-hmm. And he didn't put a lot of the blame on Dennis Allen. So he put it on uh, the situation around him with ownership and the GM and uh, you know, it's uh, you know he didn't. Dennis Allen did not take the brunt of the blame, but still, I think Dennis uh, has learned from that experience, and it's it's definitely something to where uh, you, you could see where he talked about stability mm-hmm. and things of that nature, and keeping some coaches around, and yet he really meant seemingly one side of the ball as opposed <laughs> to the other side of the ball. He meant more defense than offense, and even. You know, I'm seeing reporting where they're even, uh, uh, even longtime strength coach uh, uh, Dan Dalrymple is going to be uh, not on the staff, and so mm-hmm. they're making changes on uh, on offense. And uh, you know, I, I think, and it looks like maybe offensive line coach. And I, I think a lot of Saints fans will probably like that move because it's not like the offensive line was a, a great piece of the puzzle. So yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it's funny just because. You always hear, oh, someone wins the press conference, and mm-hmm. I just look at Dennis Allen. I'm like, all right, well, this is probably like the 90th time I've I've heard him, uh, you know, answer questions and things like that. So it, it, I, I don't look at it that way because I've just known him for so long. Right. You know, it's funny you say that because I texted you that I think last night or this morning. I forgot. Um, when I was like, yeah, well, apparently now we know what the de- defense and defensive coordinator probably felt like us Saints fans and people covering the team felt like. Hey, offense, can you give us something? Because, um, look, the two areas, you know, reportedly Curtis Johnson out. They look, Johnny Morton and Doug Marone coming in reportedly. So w- when you look at that, the two position groups that were very underwhelming and probably need either rehab or change is the receiver group and offensive line. Because, Larry... I, I didn't want to say prospects. I would say you have the potential of perhaps not having Teron Armstead, maybe not choosing to bring him back, moving perhaps Ramchak to left, and we need a right tackle. What do you do with Ruiz? And you know, I, it just I, there. You can look at that position group and go, Doug Marrow makes sense. John Stinchcomb saying yesterday that under his time, he you know was the best, learned the best. And you look at that 2009 offensive line; it was pretty incredible. The receiver grew. Maybe some fresh eyes on it. I, I, it just makes sense when you look at it from that perspective. But that offensive line is, is far from being set, isn't it? Well, I think you have, you, look, you know who four of the five players are going to be, in my opinion. I don't think you're going to be, uh, changing things outside of maybe Teron Armstead. Uh, you know, you, you, you're not, you're not going to get rid of Ruiz unless someone trades for him. You're not, really going to be getting rid of Pete, uh, you know, if you, unless someone trades for him. Like, you're not going to lose those pieces. Armstead might be the only piece you lose. So I just think you need improvement there. Uh, and also having people healthy. I mean, that, that's a big plus there, too. And so, uh, but I, I, it's, I've seen reaction to 
the prospects of Doug Marone coming and uh, people are saying, well, that's not a good move. And they, they look at him as some of the, the issues he had as a, as a head coach and this, that, and the other. And it's, it, it, to me, I, I, I've known Doug, again, someone else I've known for a long time too. And, uh, you know, it's not like he was, uh, you know, he, he went from the Saints and got multiple head coaching jobs and, and, and this, that, and the other. And then he's coached under Saban. And, like, you know, he knows what he's doing with the offensive line. It's not like he's going to, like, uh, run rough shot over the organization. Like, I think that uh, people are <laughs> just making too much of that. And then right. uh, with Johnny Morton, look, he got promoted to leave the Saints to be the offensive coordinator with the Jets. And uh, one of my colleagues, Connor Hughes, who covers the Jets, he thought that actually Morton, uh, since since he was there, he was actually probably the best play caller there. Uh, you really? know, the best coach. Just because, and but the Jets are just the Jets. Like they're they're just whatever they are, you know. And so, it, 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 look, these are these are you and you're moving from you know, look, Brendan Nugent. He was there for like a year, and he was a young offensive line coach. And uh, you know, Zach Streep is the assistant offensive line coach. Uh, I I would assume he would stick around. But look, I think they you bring in. Um, someone with with more credentials and obviously knows how to coach offensive line and so i think you're going to look for an improvement there and but look we know the big questions are with the staff who's going to be the oc and who's going to be the dc and that's uh that is something that uh, i think the oc is definitely more up in the air uh than the dc speaking of that we saw aubrey pleasant uh, at least a report from sam weiss over there in the nfl network saying that he interviewed for the defensive coordinator position he was the lions secondary passing game coach over there, and I, I love the the GIF or the little video they got of him uh, talk coaching up Larry. I would say a Lions player on the sideline there. I guess again, I just sort of thought, hey, you elevate Richard, or even um, you know Ryan Nielsen, which is kind of interesting because to keep him from going to LSU, they kind of bumped this pay, gave him a different title as well, and maybe he may not be uh, elevating in any situation. That'll be interesting to see, huh? Yeah, I think it's it's something where with the Saints, I think. Again, they want to be diligent with what they're doing. Uh, you know, it's not just – they didn't just elevate the NFL. They interviewed a bunch of people. I think for this job, I mean, it's a mega important job. You want to make sure uh, you're talking to the right people. And so, you know, to me, though, I think it's uh, it's, it's either Richard or, or Nielsen. I mean, I you know, I, I could just tell you I did a, I did a, a big uh, profile on Nielsen uh, going uh, into last season and – Dennis Allen spoke very highly of Nielsen, and he was okay. heavily prevalent in my story uh, about Nielsen kind of being that up-and-coming coach. Mm. And then Richard's been established, and unless he's interviewed for defensive coordinator jobs, and uh, maybe scaled back on that because he, he might become that with, with the Saints. And so I don't, I don't think you'd go wrong with either one. But I mean, look, Richard actually has more experience, though. Sure. Uh, and he's been a secondary coach, and so it's uh, to me that one makes. Richard makes the most sense in my eyes, but hey, look, I can't discount any any route he would want to take to, just to uh, because we don't know totally Dennis Allen's mindset on some of these things. More, we knew more of Sean. We don't know as much of where Dennis might be coming. From. I thought it was interesting that he said, "Look, I'm going to do some things his way, and, or things that have been established and that work." Things like I'm adding my own spin to it. Again, you've covered him for some time. Um, you can almost sort of already see as well just differences in communicating and things of that nature. What, what do you think will be one or two of the biggest, quote-unquote, DA spins to the team that would be different from, from Sean? Well, we're seeing it right now, uh, offensively. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, you know, they, yeah, that's, to me, that's a big-time spin. Uh, just because, 
you're not going to be sticking necessarily to the status quo. You know, it sounds like Pete Carmichael is going to be around, but uh, he won't be the offensive coordinator. And who that might be, uh, I know it's uh, a lot of chatter about, well, they interviewed Eric Yenemy for eight-plus hours, and uh, he's not under contract anymore with the Chiefs, even though you didn't, you know, you, you didn't hire him. Uh, as your head coach, maybe yeah. that's someone. But uh, you know, I think it's pretty wide open. I, I wish I had more names. I don't um, in, in that sense. And so it's uh, – and then, you know, I was asking a lot of questions about quarterbacks because uh, it's going to depend on the style of the guy. What if the enemy comes in? Then you're not looking for just total pocket guy. Right. You know, you want someone who's got going to be on the move, like a Mahomes, like a Josh Allen, uh, you know, and that – where does that leave you? I mean, you're going to try to trade for Russell Wilson. Like, you know, it's like A, B, C, D. Like, you don't really have a good sense of what they're going to totally do mm-hmm. until you get your offensive coordinator. And then, uh, of course, day one in the job, Dennis Allen's got to worry about uh, your best piece to the puzzle offensively from last year, Alvin Kamara. What's his availability going to be? So, like, it's uh, <laughs> unforeseen circumstances there. But, yeah, like, offense for sure. And then, also, he didn't really have a big say in, in Oakland on, on personnel, and I think they made a point to make that clear that Dennis Allen's going to be very, very, very involved in making personnel decisions, so much so when he's being asked that question. Uh, Mickey Loomis is shaking his head adamantly that Dennis is going to be very involved uh, yeah. in making calls on the personnel. Well, you know, he's not just going to be the you know, handed ingredients and say go. You know, he's going to be part of the, uh, of the process uh, big time. Yeah, good note to bring up because, again, as I've brought up, and I've had some some people, you know, oh, he's eating this. I'm like, dude, Oakland was a disaster there. And I thought it was interesting. Amy Trask, I think is her name. She was on Radio Row yesterday, and she made a, a, a point to say that several Raiders players consistently kept going into her office while she was there, you know, complaining about his what she said loosely was Dennis Allen's leadership style. But I, I would say this, Larry, Sean Payton from the first – Several years that we dealt with them and we saw it to now changed over 16 years and it's been 10 years. So I, I don't really put too much into that on how maybe he sort of was there. Probably just like McDaniels and all these other guys that come from strong coaching um, places that kind of want to act and feel like they're the same way. That was probably sort of what Dennis Allen did, you know, being Sean and Sean in 06 and 07 and 08 was a heck of a lot different than Sean now. I mean, in my opinion. Right, and you look at it, and Dennis had only overseen even a defense for one year. Yeah, like you know, he was a defensive coordinator for the Broncos for a year, and then he became a head coach. And that's not a lot of experience trying to run the whole ship. You know, just even one side of the ball, much less the whole ship. And so, uh, I think uh, he even said that in his in his press conference, like he's got to he's got to be himself and. Maybe he didn't feel like he was able to or work that way when he was with Oakland. Like, you know, that's a decade ago. Like, you grow. Uh, you know, And so it's certainly something that um, Dennis Allen has definitely uh, been in charge of the defense for, what, since week 13 of 2015 after Rob Ryan got fired after that uh, brutal display in Washington. And he's been overseeing and he's you know been able to be himself and i think mm-hmm. that's part of uh where he's learned 
from that experience because look, he he certainly has something to blame in Oakland. I'm not I'm not going to say it. You know, obviously, you're the head coach. You know, if, if you bomb out, you bomb out, and it's on right. you. But still, I think there's no doubt he has learned and uh, been in charge of things a lot more since then. Uh, and, and you know, I think that's going to help him with this job. Larry Holder of the Athletic, as always, man, appreciate the time. I will say this, uh, give me your best 30 seconds. Your thoughts when Roger Goodell yesterday said, oh, we knew about the Alvin Kamara situation, make sure our security team would make sure that the Vegas Police Department would see Alvin at the end of the game. Well, I don't think it surprises me, but the way he phrased it, maybe he didn't think Alvin was just going to get cuffed at the stadium and brought out. Uh, It sounded like he tried to frame it that he was just, they were seeking him for questioning. Well, they didn't have to question him long, and then they took him away. So it's uh, uh, this. This is. Uh, I'm curious to see how long he's going to be out uh, because I'm anticipating he's going to be out. And tape don't lie, right? Cliche. Yeah. Tape don't lie. So we'll see what happens. Yep. I think a lot of people are waiting to see that tape for sure. Uh, at Larry Holder, the way on Twitter. So give him a follow, and of course, you can catch all this stuff over in the Athletic. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Bye, Goose. See you, buddy. Yep, another member of the Athletic joining us at one thirty, Mr. Will Guillory. Just happened. Nets 76ers making the trade. James Harden to Philly, Ben Simmons to Brooklyn. In all, Durant, Harden, and Irving, the big trio that the Nets thought they were going to get, played together just 16 games. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Thibodeau Regional Health System was recently named one of the nation's 50 top cardiovascular hospitals by IBM Watson Health. This award for delivering the best quality and most cost-effective heart and vascular care is important. Why? Because high-quality heart care close to home is not only convenient, it's life-saving. When it comes to matters of the heart, choose the experts at Thibodeau Regional. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. Small businesses are the backbone of America. Yet when it comes to workers' comp insurance, you rarely get the savings you deserve. That's because insurance companies tend to lump you in with other businesses, and you could get overcharged. At Pi Insurance, we're on a mission to change that. With Pi, you get a quote specific to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. If you like savings, take three minutes to see how much you could save at saveonpi.com. Pi makes workers' comp insurance as easy as Pi, with friendly representatives just a call away. No wonder customers rate our service excellent on Trustpilot. You work hard to build your business and keep your employees safe. You deserve more from your workers' comp provider. See how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote today at saveonpi.com. That's saveonpie.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. 
six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Back on Tuesday night following the Pelicans' fourth straight win over the Rockets. I have spoken to CJ. Um, we had a really good talk um, just about, you know, what he's kind of what he's, he saw, what he's expecting, and what to expect. That was Tuesday, the day of the trade. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart sitting courtside to watch the game. The moment was incredible afterwards. The entire team and Coach Green embracing him. Man, I, I wish I could have got a ton into it yesterday. I still want to, so please feel free, Pels fans. Your thoughts on seeing that and the culture that's being built there. Definitely want to hear that. But again, big news today, CJ McCollum's going to play. There's video of him shooting this morning at shoot-around. He spoke afterwards here as well. And more importantly... I love listening to this aspect. It was like asked about his his thoughts on being with the Pels. Jamil, I'll get to you in a sec. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the challenge. Obviously, Rome wasn't built in one day. It's going to take time. Uh, I got to learn the plays and all of that stuff. But uh, I'm just looking forward to getting out there and hooping. You know, a lot of a lot of talented guys, a lot of players who understand the game and, and, and guys who are looking to grow and develop. What about his thoughts on joining the new team? Excited, man. I'm, I'm thankful. Um, I feel fortunate to have been in the league this long and I played with one organization this long, but looking forward to a new chapter, looking forward to a new challenge and looking forward to playing with young guys and, and big fella. I had a lot of battles against big fella in the middle you know, when he's in Memphis. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, I haven't met a lot of the staff, a lot of the players, great group of guys. Uh, I'm ready to get out there. You heard him mention Jonas Valanciunas in there as well. One final bite and then we'll get to Jimmy. Because uh, look, again, a player like this, and it's probably one of the reasons Screaming A was screaming back on Tuesday, you, you probably have to ask him. And he said he was involved through the entire way through this, and he was speaking with the the Blazers. Yes, uh, I had spoke to my agent, you know, and talked to my wife. I had to make sure everybody was comfortable with the transition, you know, first and foremost, a comfortable situation. Um, and once once we all sat down and talked about it, we felt like it was, it was what, what was best for, for both parties. And what was it about the situation that you were interested in? A lot of young talent. <laughs> you seen, you seen B.I. play lately? <laughs> B.I. is very good. Obviously, Willie's a great coach. I heard nothing but great things about him. I talked to CP. I talked to some guys that played with him, coached against him. J.J. Reddick, you guys probably got familiar with him. He was here for a bit. A lot of guys you know, spoke very highly of him. Obviously, I know Griff uh, Trajan. Um, played for a long time. He went to a school I'm not very familiar with um, in college, but um, obviously big fella in the middle of Zion. So there's a lot of chemistry there. Zion's actually in Portland right now, so ironically. Um, so I just feel like it's a great situation for me as a guy who's been in the league for a long time, uh, a guy who knows how to be a professional. Uh, obviously, I know how to lead. I know how to follow. I know how to play a lot of different roles. I feel like this is, this is a great place for me to evolve. How refreshing is that to hear a player like him first pretty much – Mentioned, hey, Willie Green had a, a major impact on that. Again, having a good coach and, and hearing the news and Chris Paul speaking highly of Willie and what the job he's doing here, it matters. Jimmy, thanks for calling the show, sir. How are you today? Are you excited about the game? Hey, Gus, how's it going? Doing well. Yeah, man, big game tonight. I, I would go to the Pelicans game except for the exorbitant prices. You know, it's usually a dollar or two for a ticket. <laughs> now it's up to like eight or nine bucks, so... I'm going to check with my wife on it. No, but actually, no, in all seriousness, I'm probably going to the UNO game tonight. Um, mm -hmm. They've won 9 of 10. I do think, look, I know LSU probably make the NCAA tournament, but they've been struggling. 
I'm putting all my money into UNO. They're playing, you know, the Southland's an easy conference to win. So, yeah, the city needs to support UNO. Um, they don't have many people coming to that facility. And the Lakefront Arena, I love that arena. I just have such great memories when um, Irvin Johnson was there, Dick Price, and, and of course, you know, uh, Tim Floyd. So I think UNO might make the tournament this year. But, look, back to the Pelicans. You know I was not a Nikhail Alexander-Walker fan. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad they traded him. I know he's a nice guy. I know he's sat courtside and hugged everybody. I think in three years he's not going to be in the league. I-, I hope I'm wrong for his sake, but I'm glad we got rid of him. Um, I just felt like we were trying to stick this uh, square peg into a circle here. It just was not working. Uh, from what I understand, though, Gus, Nance Jr. is going to be out for the rest of the season. Is that correct? Well, there's a report that he could be getting uh, knee surgery is what I saw on, you know, several people reporting. So we'll we'll see what officially the team says that. We'll see. We'll see, dude. I, look, listen, I think we're making the playoffs. The Pelicans are playoff bound. What they're going for five in a row tonight, they're relevant. And, and that's all the more sad that, you know, something I've called up time and time again, the lack of support. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse anymore, Gus. I mean, the tickets are cheap. They're 10 bucks, but whatever. They're still cheap. We got a big-time all-star in this trade. I feel like we came out as a winner in this. <clears throat> you know, we are winning. The Saints are over with. There's really mm-hmm. no excuse. I mean, the next excuse is what? Uh, King cake season or Mardi Gras, whatever. But the city needs to support the Pelicans. I do think mm-hmm. uh, Zion will be back. And uh, I close them the picture becomes that we're going to maybe make the playoffs or get in the playoffs or be in the mix. Do you think that increases if Zion figures it out this year and comes to play soon? I don't know if him figuring out has anything to do with him coming to play this year. Figuring out may have something to do with where he wants to be in a couple of seasons. I don't mean here. I'm talking about in the league and stuff. I think him playing this season is going to be dependent on how healthy he is. And when he can get back to full health. I, I did find it interesting. And again, um, you get to choose the photos that you post. And I noticed yesterday the team's post of CJ McCollum had a photo of CJ and Zion shaking hands after a game, obviously last season. So I don't think that that was not on purpose. And also you've seen some photos of McCollum and his locker is next. To Zion. I don't think that's coincidental. I think it's probably on purpose to put him there next to Zion's locker. So again, I just I, I I'm just interested as to when he's going to be healthy, if he's gonna be healthy, is he done for the season? What's the plan? Be interesting. Um in the meantime, the team's trying to make its way up, and it's our question of the day. Where do you think they're going to finish in terms of um, the playoff race. Are they going to be eight? Are they going to be seven, six? I don't know. Nine, ten. It's crazy where they are right now. But CJ McCollum again is a player that I think it's going to, to help for sure. As to what his role will be, ended last night at twelve thirty. So uh, I just need to get a sweat and give me a workout in. Uh, we will sit down and talk, but you'll see soon. Yeah. Um. How about his thoughts on Willie Green? Cool, man. He's very down to earth. It's kind of like what I heard about him. You know, he can be stern when he needs to be, but, you know, he's, he's a very loving coach, family-oriented guy, um, uh, a guy-fearing man who, who wants to get the best out of his players. I think he, having played, he understands, you know, what goes into this game from a preparation standpoint and what 
what needs to be done to be successful. And I think that uh, obviously I respect all coaches, but when you have a coach that's played, uh, there's a different type of relationship that you have because they've been through the fire. He knows what it's like to, to see guys traded. He knows what it's like, you know, to land at you know midnight and play a game the next day at six o'clock. So uh, I'm thankful to, to have this working relationship. And you hear about that relationship that I thought was so important that so many people that cover a team and players on the team spoke about last season. That that understanding of that player-coach relationship, probably better nowadays if you were a former player. It's one of the things that they could not relate with Stan. Stan couldn't relate to those players. I, I think that's specific to hear CJ sort of say that. What, what it's like to land, get in late night, and have the game the very next day and you have to get ready to go. And understanding how your body has to, to get ready to play. Look, in that win on Tuesday, I felt was one of the bigger wins this season. It wasn't against one of the better opponents or biggest name opponents in the NBA. But for where the Pelicans are and were that night, I think that went against the Rockets, easily top five wins this season. Easy. I may even put it top three, maybe even two. You could feel it in that building. Jordan kept saying, he was sitting next to me, and he goes, dude, it feels like I'm at church. A, that officiating crew was an absolute travesty. They clearly felt that they were there uh, to be, you know, to be the stars of the game. Like, it was unbelievable for me. The amount of people that... Or, or whistles that they had. It was every second. Every other second was a whistle. You couldn't get into the game. Forget the, the calls for the Pels. Just in general. But you could tell to start that game. They get down with 17-7. It, it was double digits. I mean, the Rockets just came out that energy. The emotions of the day of that trade, it affected the team. There's no doubt about it. But slowly but surely it bounced back. They wound up winning the first quarter. And and coach talked about it at the end. You know, the thing about this business, our business, is that we forget that everybody's human. Everybody, referees, media, coaches, GMs, players, trainers, strength guys, like we all human and that is a factor. Uh, it may have contributed to our slow start, but it's also – uh, a credit in that lo- credit to that locker room, the character that's in there to pull out a win like today. I agree. And we're going to talk more about this character in that locker room that's being built and the respect that they have for one another. Again, I don't ever remember seeing that players getting traded and then they're there that night sitting courtside. I love the fans showing their appreciation and then the team walking over to them. It was incredible. Quick break. We come back. We'll get a quick soccer update from Coach G. Take more of your phone calls. We'll see if Jordan can speak at 105. Um, Will Guillory at 130. So open segments coming up. We'll hear more from Dennis Allen. Got a ton of sound to get to. And uh, the graph at 230. His thoughts on this trade as well. And the trades around the NBA. Harden going to Philly. Ben Simmons going to the Nets. That just happened within this hour. It's a sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans.
The NFL season all comes down to this. Super Bowl 56 with the Rams taking on the Bengals. To celebrate, FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking all customers up with a risk-free same-game parlay. New and existing customers can place any same-game parlay of three legs or more on the Super Bowl, and if you don't win, FanDuel will refund you. Same-game parlays combine multiple bets from the same game into one wager for bigger payouts. Build your parlay your way with spreads, money lines, totals, Super Bowl props, and more. I like Joe Burrow to go over 276.5 yards in this game. I like the matchup with Burrow against the Rams defense. I also like Odell Beckham Jr. to go over 63 and a half receiving yards in the big game. I love betting with FanDuel because they're the market leader, America's number one sports book. You also get fast payouts in as little as two hours. Already have an account? Just place your risk-free same game parlay before the Super Bowl to qualify. New customers, join today with promo code KLRZ to enjoy 56 to 1 odds on either team to win the Super Bowl. You can turn a $5 bet into 280 in cash. That's Promo code KLRZ on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Must be 21 and over and present in Louisiana. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Hell's Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, David Griffin, going to be available to the media today, 5 p.m. No doubt to talk about that trade. Maybe we'll get a Zion update as well. So we'll see what he has to say this evening as C.J. McCollum went through Shoot around this morning. It's going to play. I'm playing some of his thoughts here as well. So looking forward to tonight's game. It's an earlier game, 630. So 30 minutes earlier than your normal 7P over at the SKC. 630 against the Miami Heat. Pat Gicon, Terry, um, as always, we normally chat soccer on Wednesdays. Of course, the stomach bug kept me and Jordan from doing the show yesterday. So Pat, do a quick five here just to kind of recap what's going on. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Um, hopefully you guys are doing better today than you were yesterday, so I'm glad you guys are back on the air. But, yeah, yeah something's going around even in the schools right now with a little stomach, yeah. stomach bug going on. So yeah, it is what it is, man. Yeah, exactly. School's the outbreak monkey place right now. Um, so, <laughs> Always. look, um, just a week removed, right, from the last mm-hmm. game with the U.S., they got the win. Um, what, what did you think of that three-game stint over seven days? Um, kind of scary a little bit. Yeah, we got our six points. I was kind of hoping to get seven, if not all nine, um, because it kind of sets up the last three games. Um, there's so many different kinds of scenarios going on. Um, the team didn't look right. Um, Polisic was on the bench the last game. He comes off the bench and scores two goals. Um, it just seems like everyone is kind of chaotic right now in, in the bench, um, in the locker room. The, the coach is taking selfies on the sidelines during the game. Like, doesn't seem like it's like, I don't know, true professionals, it seems. Um, 
glad that we got two go or two wins. So we got six points, you know, and right now that brings us up to second place. But we're also tied with Mexico with um, point differential, a goal differential. And that's really thing that I'm looking forward to in the next three uh, games. That's going to help us out immensely because Panama and, Ca- and Costa Rica, they're right behind us. And look at our schedule right now. Um, our first game is at Mexico. Well, if we lose that and Panama wins against Honduras, well, Panama is going to jump up and be one point behind us, which makes the next game against U.S. is U.S. versus Panama. So we're, we're going to be in kind of a sticky situation, and that, and that loss against Canada kind of put us in a more of a, um, I won't say stressful situation, but now we need to kind of look at the standings. we got to look at the table and uh, just hope, hope for the best. But looking at Panama's and Costa Rica's um, schedule, Costa Rica has Canada, El Salvador, and U.S. U.S. and Canada, number one, number two, we should be all right. We should move on. Um, Costa Rica should be eliminated. Panama have Honduras, USA, and Canada. But again, like I said, if uh, Panama beats Honduras and they possibly can beat the United States the second game, the United States will be sitting fourth. And that will be kind of like our panic. Then our next game after Panama is Costa Rica. So if we lose against Panama and, uh, I'm sorry, all three games, Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica, Costa Rica could overjump us, and that could solidify us not joining in the World Cup. So there are so many situations going on in scenarios. Um, the biggest thing is USA has control of its own destiny. You just win. You get the three points. Um, mm. If you get all nine points, you're good to go. But right now we have our destiny. But the way things are looking in the last set of three games, uh, it's going to be a huge question mark moving forward. Um, I thought it kind of broke a little bit of the, the bench with um, Pulisic and kind of the back and forth with uh, with the coach. Um, you have Kenny out there. You don't have the, 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 uh, the strongest uh, lineup right now going on with injuries over in Europe. So it's just kind of crazy right now that uh, we're kind of, in, I would say, a little bit desperate right now for the last three games. It's interesting you bring that up because I, I find that there's, I, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say a distrust, but th- th- like the social media page, and I sent you this as well, of the U.S. Men's mm-hmm. National Soccer Team it is almost like a, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, like, just propaganda. I don't even know how else to really say it. Just, like, mm-hmm. promoting Barhalter and stuff like that. And and fans mm-hmm. are mentioning, you know, him taking pictures during the game and talking about his Jordans and his sneakers during the game and doing different mm-hmm. things like that and benching players. It, it, it just – it's very odd at yep. this point of the World Cup. Like, this is something you would think when he just took over two years ago, right? Like – the fact that it's like this now it seems very disjointed to where there's mm-hmm. there's him and his image, and then mm-hmm. there's the team. Am I wrong with that? No, and it really seems like he's trying to screw up his legacy. You know, like we have such great talent on the roster, but it seems like he's doing a lot of the dumb moves. Like, yes, first game, you know, you're the head coach, get a bunch of selfies in a game, you win, yeah, everything's great. But this deep into this tournament right now, it, does, it doesn't set a precedent of moving forward and just a longevity maybe of his career as a head coach for the national mm-hmm. team. But this doesn't seem like it's right. Like, that's the right move at the right time. I don't know if it's immaturity with the coach and where he's at in his coaching career, or he just didn't think but again as a coach my focus is the game my focus is not the, the fans my focus is not my shoes so like a lot of it just seems kind of weird to me so um it's gonna be interesting to know what's going to go on um during march uh was it i'm sorry the 24th the 27th and the 30th the next round of games see how he reacts as a coach is he going to put in the the stars that we expect him to, to put in um, starting lineup. Are we expecting him to, to do the same thing like he did last time? Put the uh, great starters, great uh, European 
uh, players and put them on the bench? Uh, are they going to put in, you know, MLS sub going and starting? Like, there's so many different questions right now. Um, it's tough to say. It really is tough to say. Um, my, uh, my hope is that he just said, hey, my bad, kind of move forward. But again, social media will kind of just keep on putting that thumb down on him, can't can put that pressure on him over and over again. So social media can be relentless. Mm-hmm. But again, if you were kind of smarter, you wouldn't even put yourself in that shoe to be, or the shoes to be, um, to be um, thrown around in the social media world. So again, I think it was a lapse of judgment, but it doesn't put a really good precedence on where we are, where we need to be at this stage of the game. <laughs> Just comes across as odd, doesn't it? Right. Um, anything to pay attention to this weekend? Um, this weekend, well, uh, the EPL is coming back right now. Um, Arsenal versus Wolves today, uh, I believe, and um, Liverpool versus Leicester City. Um, you like, uh, you're a big fan of the Copa de Race, so we have the semifinals going on right now with Athletic and Valencia. And the strangest thing about the Copa is the two big guys, uh, Barcelona as well as Real Madrid, they're knocked out. So I don't know how many people are actually you know watching the, the Copa just because the two big guys are gone. So uh, Real Batiste is still in the tournament. Um, I believe they're third overall in La Liga. So in my choice, that's going to be their kind of uh, tournament to win right now. But um, it's just good to see that the domestic leagues are coming back. I'm not a big fan of the international break. I just I love to watch my Arsenal, my you know, Chelsea, EPL, Juventus, and stuff like that. So um, it's just good to see that um, it started yesterday. The EPL was coming back, and there's going to be games today, and as well as Serie all, all over the weekend. So it's passing the time, just getting more information for the next round of the USA game. So it's good as soccer's back in full fledged. Pat G. Conterra, Coach G's. I would like to call him over there, Warren Easton. Appreciate your time, sir. Thank you, uh, as always. We'll talk again next week. Yes, sir. Take care. Yep, for sure. Always a pleasure. 800-998-1003. You want to save that number in your head. The next guest will be at 1.30. Will Guillory will get his thoughts on seeing CJ McCollum over at shoot around this morning. We'll play that again. If you missed it a little bit earlier as he spoke, he plans on playing. David Griffin will address the local media here at 5 p.m. No doubt to talk about the trade and also probably to give us an update. I got to imagine he's going to be asked it about Zion. Um, again, I found it interesting that the club posted a picture of CJ and Zion kind of, you know, giving each other a, a, a hand grab of, you know, you know, shaking hands after a game, and Zion was wearing the, the, the Mardi Gras jersey, so that was a, a while back, almost a year ago. But, you know, and again, I saw another photo of McCollum's locker. It's next to, to Zion's. It's probably not a coincidence, probably a good thing. Put him next to him. Um, so we'll see what he has to say uh, about that and what he has to say about this team. If you were at the game Tuesday, if you watched the game Tuesday, I, I'm interested in your thoughts on Josh Hart and Akil Alexander-Walker attending the game the day they got traded from this team. And then at the end of the game, seeing Willie Green, Trajan Langdon, uh, the entire team coming in, hugging those players. I thought that said a lot about why you should back this team up. Like, I, I, winning's going to change a lot of things. I've said this before. Working for the Saints Radio Network, working for the place that you can get tickets. We couldn't give away tickets before Sean and Drew showed up. Could not give away tickets. Winning changes things. But I want to get your thoughts on that. Hour two next, and you know, for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Is your job going nowhere? It's a new year, time for a new career in 